when you came from a zero to one. I believe I've come from zero to one. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, basically, okay, uh, I don't know if anyone does ask you all these questions. Please, if they don't, haven't also, I would love to be asked. <laughs> um, I've seen growth journeys or I've seen journeys where people talk about zero to one, zero to one, zero to one. What about one to hundred? Eating healthy is something that all of us want to do. But we all know how far our New Year resolutions last. Today I'm going to talk to somebody who has mastered this art and is now helping others eat healthier, become fitter and lead happier lives. Today we're going to talk to the co-founder of Active Eat, Pranay Jam. Hey Pranay, welcome to Breaking the Ceiling. Thank you so much Ashwin, thank you for having me here. So uh, Pranay, uh, eating healthy is something that all of us always want to do but it's extremely difficult. Can you tell me about your experience about eating healthy and what probably motivated you to start something like Active Eating? Okay. Um, so, eating healthy doesn't mean firstly eating only uh, salads or having only soups. Eating healthy meaning you have to eat uh, in a particular way that keeps your mental sanity also going. Um, you got to have your pizzas, you got to have your burgers. Uh, so that um, A, there is a balance in life. Um, B, it's going to make you look forward to something that you would want to achieve as well. Uh, where it all started was basically cutting back to like say 2016. I was kind of getting a bit unhealthier. Um, I had my first episode of kidney stones uh, and, and the doc told me like, you know, uh, what you need to do is basically cut down on uh, a lot of calcium rich foods. Uh, nuts and etc. Uh, I'm like, okay, okay. Um, I was never into uh, workouts. I was never into sports. I was never into, you know, all of those uh, uh, fitness uh, associated things. Um, but then uh, I got introduced to just working out one day uh, because my, my brother and my mother, they, they joined uh, a personal trainer. I'm like, okay, okay let's give it a try. Um, and technically, I never knew it, but that was kind of uh, a hook for me to kind of deactivate from the from the outside world. It it was more like a Zen space. I loved I loved going there. I loved uh, doing my workouts, and that's when it started. This is even much before Active Eat was even born. Um, I I uh, did my workouts on a daily basis. I started uh, um, getting trained properly. I hired a personal trainer for myself. Um, I uh, got into powerlifting at a certain point where uh, it doesn't look like but I used to even bench like say 100, 100 pounds each. <laughs> nice. uh, back then weighing around 88, 89 kgs but then good muscle mass. Uh, um, that was something, I had the time to do it to be honest. Uh, I was studying also back then. Uh, I could remove like say two or three hours of my life uh, uh, in a day to kind of go and just work out uh, as well. So it started from there on. Um, I wasn't achieving too many goals uh, where I even started YouTubing a lot of stuff uh, about how do I achieve the maximum performance, how do I achieve the maximum uh, uh, goals that I would want to kind of get. Um, I started watching a lot of videos on YouTube, I started watching a lot and that's when I got into introduced to nutrition as well. But then that was more like wayward information. And then I found my own unique way. Uh, it took a while. Uh, I didn't know about counting calories. I didn't know about anything. Uh, I'm like, yeah, 
दिस इज वर्क फॉर मी माई ट्रेनर हुआ हायर ही सेड सुबह को ग्रीन टी पीना रात को ग्रीन टी पीना दोपहर को दस अंडे खाना आई एम लाइक ठीक है ब्लाइंड फॉलोइंग एंड देन इट काइंड ऑफ वर्क बिकॉज ए द कैलरीज टेक्निकली फिट माई नीड्स और माई क्राइटेरिया बट देन आई वो लाइक वाई इज दिस हैपनिंग इन अ वे एंड वाई कांट आई ईट वॉट आई वॉन्ट टू ईट आई देन गॉट इंट्रोड्यूस टू अ कॉन्सेप्ट कॉल्ड इफ इट फिट्स योर मैक्रोस वेर यू कैन टेक्निकली ईट वॉट यू वुड वॉन्ट if your body is accepting those macros so if you have to have these many carbs these many things so i should try to fit and fit a chocolate and ice cream and have a major sweet tooth um so so i kind of started working out my mac calories so then i got started introduced to like how to read labels how to read uh, calories how to read macros and post there on is where i got into more about uh, uh, the whole calorie counting part the whole about this and that's where i kind of also started peaking on my performance uh, i'm like okay this 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 works uh, again this is still 2016 2017 uh, nowhere active in 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 the picture um my brother who my who's my also my co-founder uh, was always into the uh, uh, food industry so hospitality industry so he he does operate central kitchens for for uh, larger corporations pre pandemic he used to do that um we had the space he he also uh, got introduced to the the kind of industry uh, the what activity is in right now so um, he like let's give it a shot i'm like okay you can do it um i will help you out uh, no intention again uh, um i was working back then uh, for another startup uh, i'm like okay a sunday afternoon 3 hours given website built whatsapp blast uh, uh, facebook blast and uh, instagram blast sent out to everyone and we got the first three clients uh, those three clients built up built up and it kind of got into a spiraling wake of of within the next 6 months growing into like 30 to 40 clients every month uh, doing some gem- uh, revenue generation on its own as well uh, i'm like okay zero marketing spent uh people are growing without uh, uh uh you know putting too much effort and if i put my time effort energy this can become a much bigger a uh, better corporation as well uh that's when i decided to kind of join them full time um that's 2019 now uh where april 2019 uh, or when you said the start of the financial year is where i started the the whole full time gig for activate itself uh, i'm like okay this started growing 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 and then cut to feb 2020 the industry uh, we also we all went through it so it's it's not uh, something that has to be hidden um, but what helped us is a being bootstrapped b being very lean or uh, uh, fragile about how we kind of make sure that how we kind of spend our money how we kind of grow uh, okay with moving with time uh, we did reinvest a lot back into the business um, to kind of grow to where it is right now um, being bootstrapped yes we did a lot of sacrifices ourselves where we didn't pay ourselves for the first 3 years uh, of the business itself um, and it is difficult right it is difficult to kind of not uh, own at a certain age uh where you have a dependent uh, uh where you also are married where you have social commitments uh vagera vagera um but then that was a call so uh, being very fortunate enough uh uh 
our parents did support us uh, at least to make me send uh, uh, as well um, kind of very very fortunate touch wood um, but yeah that's that's how activate uh, grew so uh, tell me about the name activate how did that come around activate is a short for i always i always found this very good to so stay active eat healthy uh, this kind of a mantra um, so stay active eat healthy to so active eat is kind of born from there so active eat also being uh, the name or being the logo if you see active is always written in bold and the eat is like say something of a happier thing so that also kind of amplifies that your activity has to be something that defines you uh, um, if you are sedentary in life um, uh, you can never uh, two or three things right you can never out work out a bad diet uh, um, you can never uh, be healthy uh, if you if you are very sedentary in life even though if you are eating healthy or something whatever it is you can be healthy it's not like that but then your metabolism also slows down and you're, you're not fit you're not fit you're not so fit. i know a lot of i know a lot of people who who i would not want to put it in a way that but they're overweight but not necessarily they're unhealthy it's not necessarily i know people who weigh 90 kilos plus and can run marathons i know people who are 90 kilos plus and can swim for like an hour continuously uh, i know people who are super or who are thin or who are like say the normal weight that we say but then suffer with cholesterol suffer with uh, hypertension um so why active is basically when you do your workouts or when you do your activities throughout the day peat even being super active on your job right um it does make sure your blood is flowing it does make sure that uh, your stress levels are uh, uh, kind of at bay it makes sure that you know you're kind of detached uh, uh, from the outside where uh, we just go for a walk uh, on a daily basis you put on your music and you kind of stress relief from there you kind of in your zone um and it, it that kind of makes to makes you get a healthier life just not the food um but this also and the eat is more on the healthier uh, or more on the playful side whether eat is a short word that also amplifies that your food need not be boring um you balancing out food meaning just not meaning you eat like salads every day as i said uh, eat your cheat meals uh, call it a treat meal rather than a cheat meal where people i know that today is my cheat day and i don't call it a cheat day because you're cheating the whole day <laughs> call it a cheat meal right eat eat two or three cheat meals a week i'm really okay with that but then if you're balancing it out so like what my funda is when you're moving 10 step forwards uh, but you're going two step backwards by eating those two three meals but it's still eight steps forward in your life uh, and that eight steps over a period of time is going to take you very far uh, uh, in your life than than anything else so i really like the concept of uh, treat meal rather than cheat meal right that that is i'm i'm going to take that away because i'm also on a diet and i do have cheat days and i shouldn't call them cheat days it should be a treat meal not a cheat day that was one and the second one was you can't outwork a bad diet i think that is a, a lesson that i learned very late in life so i used to work out i used to run full race course two times i used to go to the gym five days in a week but i didn't lose weight and i was still overweight but it's when i switched to a healthier diet obviously i continued workout amplified it more but 
uh, 80% of the results I actually got because of healthier eating rather than just working it out. So I think that was a lesson I learned too late. And I think a lot of people learn that lesson a little too late. Correct. Correct. So it is also when you realize that when you're eating well, right, how your performance at your, not just your workouts, but even at your own work, even your mental clarity throughout the day, even your, uh, uh, the kind of focus that you can keep uh, while you're working does make a lot of difference. Um, you don't feel that sloppy in that afternoon time. Like, okay, I ate my lunch and I'm like yawning till the day. Uh, I don't want that to happen. So when we kind of, uh, one more thing, right? What I tell my clients, they're like, whenever they start a diet, right? Okay, uh, if you want to lose weight, if you want to lose fat, I would rather not say lose weight. Lose weight can be also muscle loss. Uh, but if you want to lose fat, uh, firstly, if you're going on a calorie deficit, it is going to be initially a little difficult, at least in the first phase or the first seven days, because you're eating a little less than what your body requires. Um, so what I tell my clients is before they join, I give them like this uh, cautionary uh, sentence. Um, I'll tell them, I will not feed your emotion. I will feed your body. Nice. Huh. So right. I'll make sure that if you are 80% full of what your body requires, once you finish done with the eating, means you've eaten enough that your body requires. What happens is our body signals our brain, say approximately 10 or 15 minutes later, that okay, we are full. Um, that's the trick, that 10-15 minutes that you kind of keep. Um, and once you kind of get that, or it takes that week or something, you kind of set in. And then it's a much better uh, or it's a much easier process to follow the diet or go through it post the first week of the diet uh, than the first week itself. So uh, I, I used to use, a, I mean, I still use a subscription service for food. And I recommended it to a cousin of mine. And uh, he did it for three days. And the third day night, his wife calls me up and uh, she's saying, man, he's getting off it. He's literally crying for food. I'm taking him out for a Pani Puri and Rana Patis. It's at like 11 o'clock at night. He's crying because he's not able to understand that how this much little food is going to satiate me. So many people think that, oh, just by switching diets, that it's oh, that easy. But it's a lot of mental... The victory is here more than, I mean, for the first one, two weeks, I think is critical for getting this used to it. Not this, getting this used to it. 100%. That's why I said, right, before starting it off, I always give this uh, cautionary uh, sentence. Uh, be prepared. Uh, and most of the people who come, uh, they have already a mindset. They're like, they want to do it. And it's it just becomes that tad bit easier uh, as well to, you know, kind of make them mentally prepared. Like, ye hai, aisa hai, aisa hi hoga. Um, and they're like, okay, let's let's take on the challenge and let's see how. So, uh, tell me two challenges that you faced when you started Activate. Now, the biggest challenge is, um, at least in the first phase was uh, where firstly, bootstrap. Okay. Um, how do we grow without me pumping in a lot of uh, uh, money? Um, as I said, right, talking, what, what I did was over years, I was a salesman, I was the nutritionist, I was the uh, marketer, I was everything. Uh, and you need to know your customer in the first phase itself. Um, the first challenge that we face is how do we scale uh, or how do we grow? For, forget scale, at least this is a growth phase. So like at least get your product market fit, get everything. Um, 
I took up all the clients that came up to me. I spoke to them almost on a regular or daily basis, understanding, okay, yes, I, yes, I, yes, I. So the first year was more of building a community. Uh, that's how I kind of got more and more clients through word of mouth without me spending anything. Uh, um, but that is also another challenge where word of mouth is only going to get you so so far. So what I did is again I I, I uh, got into a back drawing board. Okay, now I have to budget everything out. Now if I'm making this much, I have to secure so much for marketing. Now I have to kind of look at going that. But again, that's again uh, where we started growing. Now the ch challenge is now to scale. Now as I said, and I've started the fire. Now we need fuel to be added to the fire. Now again we are back to the drawing board, uh, saying that okay, now how do we get? We have a, a good database of, of people. Now, how do we kind of try to double this down uh, and move forward? That's where we are at this phase. And this is one of the challenges that I'm facing right now. Uh, but then, yeah, um, at least the past six months, we've again still almost doubled of what we're doing. And we're kind of looking to keep doubling every six to eight months. Um, we are getting there. Uh, and we have, like, say, our growth phases as well. Probably if we get stuck somewhere and challenges do come in up. So uh, back in the day, I used to do a lot of angel investing. So I've seen maybe close to uh, a thousand plus uh, plans, right? And every business plan that I saw, the first thing I look at any business plan is how much is the founder budgeting for marketing and for marketing and sales. I've seen people put 2%, 5%, 7% and I've Obviously, I didn't end up investing over there. But I've tracked those people over the years. None of them saw the third, fourth or the fifth year. Because no matter how great your product is, if nobody knows that this product exists, who's going to come? Most people think only word of mouth. Now, problem is, I mean, word of mouth is great. It's just not scalable. Like you can't put in more money to get more word of mouth. Many people have tried it. Very, very, very few have succeeded. For example, somebody like a Dropbox tried it out where, hey, if you refer somebody, you get 500 MB free, they get 500 MB free. So they made that referral very easy without a guilt of thinking, oh, what will the other person think that I got money and that person didn't make any money. So I think this model is, so now again, call the Dropbox model that whatever advantage you give the referrer, the referee gets the same advantage. So both people are getting the same thing. So there's no guilt involved. And I think that this tactic literally saved Dropbox. They were, I think, weeks away from being shut down. And this one tactic saved it. Have you tried to incentivize referrals? So incentivizing referrals is in initially, initially what we did is uh, I worked more on, as you said, right, it is only going to take you till, till a certain place. So where we initially worked more on relations with the client than anything else. Um, I should take it to be on a case to case basis. They're like uh, there are some people who are super happy. They're like, just take him. I don't need anything. Uh, these are my promoters of my company by the end of it, right? Um, there are some people like, okay, what do I get? I'll give you clients. They should call me from like, if I if I get two more people, I'm like, okay, I'll give you so-and-so days. I'll give that person also so-and-so days. And now what I've done is, um, I've not got into the discounting uh, uh, model as such. So I give uh, a small, uh, for the first time user sign up, I give a small discount or just a hook to kind of get them on. Um, not getting into... Uh, incentivizing anyone to be honest right now uh, to get on to just a, 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 
or to just buy from me for the first time because I would want that client to be a longer term client because hey, it's a subscription model. Uh, if they are buying only for the discount, they're never going to come, come again. Um, so I don't get that, uh, to be honest, that discounting model and, and the kind of clients that we also attract because of that. So uh, partly blame Swiggy is a matter. <laughs> they're like, uh, uh, without without giving a discount, right? So even I technically, uh, subconsciously now what is happening is when I open Swiggy or Zomato, if I see, okay, if I order coffee every day and if I see some place, like um, um, I ordered from one place uh, uh, my coffee, I'm like, okay, now tomorrow if I just see an ad over there, okay, Starbucks is giving 120 rupees off, I'm like, I'll Starbucks among us. <laughs> uh, just because that discount has come in and I might not go back to Starbucks again. Um, but that's what I tell myself that if I do this and the clients that I capture, they're never going to come back to me. So I'd rather not waste my time, effort, energy and my money to get those clients. I'd rather spend a little bit more to get a client who will be with me for the longer term or the longer game than anything else because longer run, it's going to pay off. Um, incentivizing, again, coming back to your question, incentivizing them. Um, I do give out incentivize, uh, incentivizations on case-to-case -case basis till now as well because A, we make sure that the service that we provide or the kind of uh, uh, personalization or the kind of communication that we do with our clients personally, it helps us give out give, give out our clients or give out more referrals uh, more than anything else. They are, what, I've, what I've realized is they don't care about the incentivization. They care about great service. And that is something that I'm more focused on providing uh, them. Um, now, before, before this way, we're talking that building an app uh, I understand building an app uh, gets that communication cut between the the founder or the business owner and the client itself because there's an app and everything, there is a boundary line over here. Now, um, there is something that over here is probably where we'll get that referral system on or something uh, on that case because I cannot talk to them too much. Now, as we grow, it is impossible for me to chat with so many people. Uh, but then yes, there are plans again to get that incentivization. As you said, right, Dropbox uh, has it done. We we have to figure it out. Yeah, we have to figure it out. But then we have to get that sweet spot. So again, A-B testing. So I think uh, A-B testing is absolutely critical because it's never that this one model, oh, it worked for Dropbox or Dropbox did 500, 500. So I should do maybe 500 rupees off yeah. on the first subscription and this guy gets 500 rupees. It may not work, right? It may be something different yeah. that you will have to try. But I think trying that different thing every month, every week, letting, you know, having a A, okay, I'm going to do this for these set of clients and I'm going to try this variety for B and see what makes a difference. And if B is better, then next time B becomes A and now we have variation. Very few businesses continue to do A-B split testing. But I feel A-B split is one of the fastest and best ways to test your innovation without moving your entire, you know, thing to a new thing and then it fails. Uh, to kind of minimize the risk a little bit, you can test it on a smaller audience, see how it works and then kind of bring it 100%, to 100%. And that works much better, right? So what I've also realized over a period of time, um, in terms of referees, who who are the people who are referring and who are they referring to? It's most likely their very close friends or their family members mainly. So A-B testing, if it's a family member, they're like my wife, my son, my daughter, whatever it is, they're like, like, what do I do? It's going to come in the same family. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the thing that doesn't work, my daughter ko aapne do din extra de diya, mere ko ek din extra de diya, 
इटली डेक दैट डिफरेंस वोट आई टेल दम इट्स ओके ठीक है सेम हाउस वोट आई डू आई रादर जस्ट गिव दम एन इंस्टेंट डिस्काउंट देर मोर हैप्पी विद दैट Or, so saving on delivery you're saving on something what, so that's what i tell them up front like i'm going to save on delivery i'll rather pass on the benefit to you because it's coming to the same house in any case they like more ha- more than happy to to kind of be like oh, thank you you said it from yourself other than me asking yes, that uh, that also kind of builds trust uh, so i think transparency hmm. is the founding stone of trust Correct. right so if you're able to communicate transparently Correct. that is that's brilliant 100% so um i would want to ask you like say um even while building equinox right uh, now you mentioned it's 17 years old uh, um when you first started okay uh versus uh when you came from a 0 to 1 so i believe i've come from 0 to 1 uh my question is getting from 1 to 100 right there is that trust factor that is required even putting faith in employees um you might have uh, uh pushed in a lot uh, i just wanted to ask you basically okay uh, i don't know if anyone does ask you all these questions please if they don't haven't also i would love to be asked <laughs> um i've seen growth journeys or i've seen journeys where people talk about 0 to 1 0 to 1 0 to 1 what about 1 to 100 um these are only success stories that people know that they've reached the 100 and what is happening at 100 uh 1 to 100 make what are the challenges that you faced so i think uh 0 to 1 according to me is extremely difficult many people don't even see that 1 to 100 ka jagah first let's look at 1 to 10 you need a different set of skills in your organization and in yourself as a founder to get to 10 the first is finding the right talent in the organization because when you're doing a 0 to 1 it's you doing it you're setting up the processes you're talking to customers you're doing the marketing yourself you're standing in the kitchen you're you know making sure everything is running fine but as soon as you have a second outlet or as soon as you cross 100 clients or 200 clients now you can't speak to every customer so now you have to take people who represent you the first thing you should do before hiring a larger team and hiring talented people is define your core values define your mission define your purpose and the reason this is important and very few people people even have something on their website dikhane ke liye kyunki everyone else has it oh let's have core values and purpose on our website but creating it maybe with your founding team the first five ten people ke sath or with your founders with your friends with your customers that hey these are my values what do you think because they need to resonate with you but they also need to resonate with the team that is there right so when we did our core values and honestly we did it a little late uh we did it with the entire organization guys that we are you know create see we already we had core values that we lived by we just didn't put them on the wall we didn't we didn't put them on paper but it's extremely important to put it on paper because now it's replicable everybody is reading the same thing they are not reading an interpretation of something they are reading the same thing and it's very important that the purpose becomes clear because when you're hiring now you're looking at it and letting your talent know that this is the purpose this is why we exist this is why i exist this is why all of us exist in this organization because this is what we're trying to do we're getting trying to affect a thousand lives we're trying to affect a million lives whatever that number is whatever that goal is it should be but there should be somewhere be a number because then you know whether we hit it not hit it so on and so forth so your mission should be kind of very clear purpose can be a little bit more vaguer for example my purpose has been to improve water food and air quality in india but this is a very vague very very broad purpose but it helps me every day and it helps our organization every day when we innovate correct 
because whenever we are making something, when we are trying something new, are we serving this purpose or are we not? Oh, we are doing something here, but this is nothing to the purpose. Maybe and that there's a demand for it. That's a good time for me to actually make a new company with a new purpose, 100%. not this purpose. Because if anything we are doing in Equinox Labs doesn't improve water, food, and air quality, it's not. It's a great idea, but it's not meant to be a part of Equinox Labs. I mean, it's something else. And we have, that's the reason I start other companies, because the purpose doesn't match up. So first, having purpose core values is critical. Two, having a good eye for talented people. So figuring out what makes a talented person. Many times people think it's experience. It's not. According to me, it's the fire in the belly. Drive, because you can teach that person anything. If that person is willing to learn, but once they learn, you then have to get out of their way because then they need to keep delivering it. So having that drive is absolutely crucial. Yeah, as you said, right, getting out of the way meaning putting trust into them more than 100%. more than yourself, right? So you're like, okay, this person is going to deliver. Obviously, people go uh, way off. Uh, what I'm facing as the second. Why did I ask you this question? Is the challenge number two that you said the first challenge that I spoke to you about? Now the challenge two is now getting that one to ten. And building that team, and that team is going to take from the from ten to hundred because a, uh, as you said, the zero to one, the founder is looking at just to get the product market fit. Um, but now from one to ten or one to hundred, the the founder, in my opinion, is looking at a much larger picture than just getting a product market fit. Where the founder has to detach uh, from the from the business for the business to grow to into an organization more than a self-employment kind of a, a situation that, that, that the founder usually face. So when you're going from 1 to 10, it is about setting SOPs. It is about hiring great talent, uh, making sure that the process is set in place where you're not needed there as much. But when you're in that 1 to 10 phase, you're actually still there in the organization. You're just teaching other people and kind of letting them handle it. But when you grow from 10 to 100, the idea is now very different. You can't be at all involved in operations. Now the role that the founder has to take is that of you're being the face of the organization. There's a lot more PR. You're out there. You're promoting the company. You're raising funds. You're finding the key clients, finding them, getting the right impression, handing it to a team and not running the account. Right? Because uh, that's something that I did wrong initially for a few years that there were three, four accounts that I was to still handle. And I'm actually very proud that, oh, this account still is with me. Oh, and once upon a time, that account used to be 80% of the organization. It was a very <laughs> large account. Correct. So, so hence, like, I was handling the account. Today, it is 3% of the organization. Same account. The account has grown. It's grown twice. Twice. But it's 3%. So even if it goes, we're not going to shut down. At one point in time, the account went, Kadam. we would have been over. So it was it was a scary moment. Uh, but nonetheless, as, as soon as we started growing, but we started growing a lot more when I was out more often. Rather than being in the lab or in the business, I was out more. I was able to help scale a lot better from there. And the, the bigger mind shift change for an entrepreneur or founder is letting go of control. Right? People are always worried about oh, what will happen to the quality or oh, what will they do when I'm not there. Because if you can't trust that person, that person shouldn't be in the organization in the first place. Right? So trying to micromanage people is a very, very wrong way of doing it. You have to give them a target. Give them the set of tools that they need to go and then get out of their way. And then do a monthly check-in, weekly check-in. Are you on track? Do you need something? So today, most of my conversations within the organization are, are you on track? Yes. Do you have any obstacles? Do you need something else? No. Now, there are teams I don't talk to for months because they know what they're doing. Every week, I get a little snapshot of their performance. 
there are 99.8 percent delivery on time 98.8 percent efficiency of i am very happy the numbers are 75 to 90 we are way above i don't need to talk to them so sometimes i praise them by saying the fact that i don't talk to you is a testament that you guys are working well so many times they will sometimes when the quarterly meeting they'll be like oh you don't spend time with us i'm like that's a huge compliment to you guys that i don't need to but spend then, time with you but then that is also one of the uh, things where when i was also like kind of working or something whatever it is right um people uh, in the organization they i think need time with the founders at least once a quarter or something as such uh, okay i've not reached that stage but then yeah uh, when i used to work back uh, as well um, this used to happen and this kind of uh uh does help just boosting the morale right uh not people letting it slack sometimes what happens was uh some people or even it happened with me where you know where there's no check-in like you know i just there were there were like days where i used to kind of be slacking and then there's no kind of commitment towards waking up and being more productive on that day and that one monday meeting you should just fix it all They're like okay that that morale is again back high uh it does help um this is again uh, uh just speaking with experience though and more so now um where things have moved more from work from home where you literally there are there are i know people or i know my friends working uh, for organizations who they never met uh, their colleagues or teammates ever it's all virtual or online i'm like how do you work i'm not a person uh, uh i'm like i at least need to see my colleagues at least once or twice a week i'm like get an update talk communicate we are humans we are social animals okay pandemic ho gaya khatam uh ab ghar se kaisa accountability karoge pehli baat hai ab sales mein ho you need to be out there you need to be talking to people always you cannot be uh uh sitting and working from home people are moving back to the old culture of calling people back into the office um uh, i know for a fact because eh uh, there are a lot of b2b clients that have restarted that uh, from us taking meals and stuff they like okay theek hai na pehla log they should be like twice a week they go to office now it's gone going back to like okay now we started going back monday to friday saturday sunday send my meals at home monday to friday saturday so this is the that change we see it on our own clients um i think i think it's very important uh, again coming back to uh, the the place where we need to spend time Oh, with these guys right uh, okay they're doing well uh, they're doing great uh, uh, but then just that one small 5 minute talk that conversation does wonder so i think many a times the role of the founder is to be the biggest cheerleader for the teammates who are down there uh, because today uh, equinox we are almost like 1000 plus people uh, across now multiple geographies so getting that face time every quarter also has now become difficult there are we have now founded two new labs actually in the pandemic we went from two labs to four labs hyderabad bangalore uh, gurgaon chennai kolkata there are labs i haven't visited the labs are running they are running for almost a year i have not visited because first because pandemic restrictions now just busy and i have not gotten the time to visit them i mean yes i have seen them on zoom calls i've seen the lab on zoom but I've not physically gone there even the chennai lab i happened to visit by accident i was going to pondicherry i was passing through chennai i said i'll be if i'm passing I, i must i must i left pondicherry early went to the chennai lab spent an hour there uh, because i think that's very important because people need to know yaar ki hey the, the senior leadership knows who we are what we do because one the underlying uh, understanding there that i got 
is people need to know that they are being acknowledged. People don't mind working hard. But they need to know, Array, somebody is observing my hard work. Sometimes the, the, the higher ups, and I don't know why that is, and maybe it's an in, in intrinsic requirement, that the higher ups are seeing my hard work. Because see, the way we built organization uh, is we don't believe in the word manager at Equinox. We don't use the word manager. We use the word leaders. We use potential leaders who are junior leaders. We use leaders. We have senior leadership. Uh, the idea is I don't think people should be managed. People should be led. If you want your team to work hard, you should work hard. Right? It's like children. You will tell the child what to do. Find the child is going to do what he sees around him. Right? Like I wake up at 5.45. My son wakes up at 5.30. Why? Because he's seeing me get up, getting up earlier. He's like, I want to emulate that. And we have a competition who wakes up earlier. So there was one week where we were setting alarms like 5-5 five, five minutes before. It was literally a game. We were getting at 5. You don't need to win. We get up at 5.30, like 6 o'clock. We get up at 5 just to beat each other. Right? So I think that that is important. And that motivation is key. Because when you grow and when you go from a hundred, uh, 10 to 100, it is that and setting that right expectation from people, motivating them the right way, uh, making sure that when they have done a good job, that it's acknowledged. Sometimes a simple, hey, you've done a brilliant job on a WhatsApp does the work, but sometimes you need that in-person physical pattern in the back, uh, you know, does. does so, as I said, right, like say, um, that one phrase, uh, or that one uh, acknowledgement in front of everyone does wonders. Uh, when is the time to kind of even, okay, um, there are times when people fall off, like human again. So, um, criticize in private, praise in public. Uh, uh, that's again one of the things that uh, we need to make sure that even, so what we do is even with our, even with our, what the kind of culture that we've seen. So, what I was facing as one challenge while growing was, Working with blue-collar uh, uh, employees, right? So, un uneducated but trained. Uh, uh, working with my riders who are uh, college-going kids. Uh, they're working for pocket money. They have a bike uh, or a scooter at home. What they were doing is they need to just take up a three-hour job on a daily basis, come at 7 a.m., pick up the parcels, drop it, and then you go on with the day. So, they earn uh, a small pocket money. Um, but what we were seeing is a lot of these guys being kids were kind of sometimes being irresponsible also. No. 20 year olds, 19, 18 year olds, 22 year olds, uh, not showing up randomly or something. Like that. So that one thing of for them, right, for them, what was making the, what I realized is what, what mattered the most is uh, uh, the extra incentive that was provided to them. So what I tried to do over here is kind of put an incentivization program. So if you come daily, and you come to work every day without doing any mistakes, you're going to get 1,000 bucks extra a month. And the 1,000 bucks meant a lot. Of course. Uh, what I realized is for me, because they were not coming, I was spending more than 1,000 bucks. I'm like, man, <laughs> my stress levels come down. because that, Otherwise, in the morning, 7 o'clock, okay, I'm waking up, uh, I'm doing Dunzo, I'm doing VFast or whatever it is. And then those guys are also unreliable when they'll come, what they'll do. And my clients, by the end of it, suffer. I don't want to, that to happen. Um, getting that small incentivization done and once in three months just giving them a pizza party. Mm. They were more than happy. Uh, and with that, I saw a, such a huge decline in those drops of, you know, people not showing up in the morning or not doing... The, otherwise, they'll be like, Aray, be maro. bike chal <laughs> And I see them later, they are riding their bike, <laughs> roaming everywhere because they stay in the area. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> 
like sir soya tha extra <laughs> but then yeah it's it's something of such sorts that does help them and the kitchen staff uh, so the helpers the cooks or the line cooks or not not the head chefs not the guys who are trained but then the guys who are just cutting chopping and everything making sure that they are also being appraised or they are also being acknowledged for coming up and showing up daily the cutting chopping meto award to <laughs> but the guys who came in like okay this guy follows the sops follows the rules making sure once in three months giving them like okay or the employee of the quarter or the employee of the month handing over them like a 500 rupee note does wonders and then they kind of want to one up the other i just said right uh, that's why i came to like how your child wants to one up you <laughs> those guys want to one up the other because to get that certain reward right Absolutely. it's just that sense of satisfaction or the sense of this thing that does make a difference this we used to not do before we just started doing and then there is uh, and we need to kind of keep innovating so like now i believe that i also have to put like hr of activity as my description <laughs> but then yeah these things do matter um uh, uh, these are usually activities which are hr driven though um but then there is a reason why hrs also exist uh, so uh, another thing that when you're telling me this i realized another big change that came up is when when i was doing the 1 to 10 i was in sales frontlining sales like all big clients i'm involved in every single yeah. meeting every closure is going going through me but then i realized if i keep doing that my team is never going to grow so when we hit the 10 one very simple thing that i did is i got off frontline sales completely now i barely meet one or two or three clients a week uh, key clients uh, smaller clients i don't unfortunately get the time to meet uh, but i land up spending a lot of time in hr i spend a lot of time in tech the reason i spend time in the hr is hr con- uh, controls the culture of the organization to hr controls who is being onboarded so getting that process you know figured out scalable because another issue is when you go from a 10 to 100 you are hiring also that many more people more people uh, and everyone's not going to be in line absolutely yeah you're going to get different people from different cultures uh, across geographies is very difficult uh, something that one of my mentors uh, dr velumani uh, he taught me early on and it took me a good year to understand he uh, when he had come we were hardly uh, 60 people and uh, 60 70 people and uh, he had told me that uh, 10% of your organization should be hr and i had like one girl like half like she's to do salary also she's to do recruitment everything that one girl is to handle and i'm what like six people what am i going to do yeah. but today i have almost 15 20 people 25 people in recruitment and it's falling short right and, and now I, like every time we are like okay okay add five more heads add five more heads the reason is when you start growing you need to be able to onboard good people retain them uh, if by by mistake if you've done a bad hire and by the way you will have bad hires close that issue much faster than before i have taken in the past 1 2 years to fix mistakes i only hired the person i only put them as a leader they were not a good leader and i know they are not a good leader but you can't do anything about but i can't do anything about it probably because the person was fantastic at sales and i actually suffered through it people under them suffered through it but then at one point i realized you know what it's not worth it let the person go sales suffered for 1 month 2 months theek hai it's okay people who replay came in were better right uh, and another thing that founders need to get over and uh, it took me a good 5 6 years initially to get over it when people used to leave i used to personally feel very bad or this person is leaving me 
अरे दिस पर्सन बट आई टू फील अरे मुझे छोड़ के जा रहा है वो राइट बट देन वन ऑफ माई फर्स्ट टीम मेट्स हर नेम वॉज मिनी कुरु एंड शी वॉज द फर्स्ट इक्वनऑक्सियन she taught me this and when she also told me ashwin someday i'll also go i'm like are you mad like where will you go this is your company you and i have built this together but fortunately because of personal reasons you know she had to leave but she taught me that she like people are going to come and go right and it's it's natural that people are going to come and go and you can't feel bad about it and so i i did learn that lesson that you can't feel bad about it but that what that also means is if you have a bad hire you need to first for the first 3 months work really hard to make them understand what good culture is how do you fit in in terms of culture or in terms of performance both 100% because you hired them so it's your responsibility but after 3 months if you're not able to fix it or they are not able to align you need to learn to separate ways and it's not because they are bad i never believe that a teammate is bad i feel this is not the right atmosphere for them right like and a very good example is in sales most sales organizations that i've studied they abuse they put undue pressure on people right in our organization you abuse once you are out you may be whoever you may be the vice president of the company you will be fired like there's no question of right just no exceptions but that like we don't do that we don't put unnatural pressure on people but sometimes i've seen people leaving us because they were not good performers going to another organization and doing really well because and actually guy told me are my boss makes me work till 10 o'clock so i said oh i, I maybe should i have made you work till 10 <laughs> right they're like no 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 right Push. need that push initially at least to get that momentum going right uh, so it's not about bad people i think it's the environment is not a good fit and that's a learning that you know that takes time as well uh, where do you see yourself 5 uh, years from now as activate what is your vision for activate so activate 5 uh, years from now i look at it at uh, is as a multi city kind of a brand uh, right now we are trying to maximize potential for bombay uh as i said we are also building complementing brands um trying to do a, a structure where we can then replicate in uh just putting it up in other cities uh, so like a kind of a plug and play solution um right now as i said right activate as a model as a subscription model okay it is set now we need to scale um we are uh, building models around it as well which can help activate and the other model grow together so we want to kind of look at uh, uh, merging those together and then uh, say probably and plans basically 18 months down the line is to open up into new cities uh, that is something that is in our uh, uh, timeline that we would want to do uh, if everything goes right we will get there probably without even raising capital Uh-huh. <laughs> but no that's, that's a big big challenge because many people always feel that scale only comes from raising external capital and that is incorrect right uh, i have raised external funds if you ask me did i take the right move the answer is yes and no i'll tell you why yes why no i didn't need the funds i wanted the person person I wanted Dr. Velumani to advise me, and the only structure in which he could do it was if he invested. Hence, Thyrocare came in as an investor. Till today, the money that they've given us sits in an FD. Right? We didn't need the funds, but obviously, we ha- when we're doing it, we had to do the round and we had to valuation. We did all that, you know, we did all that good stuff, right? But I needed the person. So many a times, you just need that mentor. You don't need the funds because sometimes that mentor will push you. to do things that you otherwise wouldn't have done uh, a good example is when the pandemic hit i was planning to go from two labs to four labs when i spoke to him i'm told him i'm doing these two he's like why aren't you doing four more like why aren't you doing why only two why not four 
and I didn't actually have a good answer. I'm like, yeah, why not four? <laughs> like, we have the money. Can we afford it? Yes. Is, it, is there a market for it? Yes. We're flying down samples every day from there. Yeah. Why not four? We did that. Uh, we went 5x on our sales team. 5x. We went from 20 to 100 salespeople in a, in a quarter in the pandemic. Wow. Big, risk. Big risk. I was thinking 2x, 3x. I spoke to him. Again, by the all this played out or how much? Five-minute conversation. So I told him, hey, I'm going uh, 3x. He's like, why not 5? I said, hey, it's, it's a lot of money. You know, what if it doesn't work? He literally on a Zoom call taught me a simple formula to de-risk that whole thing. Okay. And he said, change your incentive structure. Do it like this. Do this, do this, do this. And it's worked out. We went to 100. We scaled down to 60. We had to let people go because they didn't perform. But that happened in three to six months, not one to two years. Right, so overall we still didn't lose money. Then we scaled up back to hundred. Okay. We scaled back to eighty, and now we are again at hundred, and now we are growing the hundred. So, right? so that model makes a big difference. Like how to you know incentivize the right way? How do you de-risk while incentivizing, while paying more incentive but de-risking the model? Like how do you do that? So that was a very interesting thing. So that is something that that we are also kind of contemplating a lot. Um, a can we grow into two cities without raising capital? Yes, uh, we are making money um okay we would might have to kind of take out a loan so that uh, our business is is uh, is kind of a work uh, uh, rolling capital heavy business by the end of it right so food may you have to kind of buy purchase sell buy purchase sell um, and plus when we deal with b2b clients we have a delayed payment structure as well uh, so this kind of helps uh, uh, or other kind of gets down our our uh, rolling capital a little lower in, in that case. Um, but can we do it? We might have to take out a, a loan, which we don't see it as a big challenge because of the kind of business that we build and because of numbers, we would get it. Um, and there are people who are already ready to give it to us. I'm like, do I require it right now? Why do I take it? Why do I spend the uh, uh, this thing? Let's, let's try out, as I said, let's try out building up a team. And when we are looking to kind of raising funds, there are two ways uh, that we are kind of looking at it is is a getting someone to tell us how to get from that one to ten. Okay, I as you said, right? I might not require his uh, uh, money, but what I require is his mind. I require his mentorship or his leadership. So as you said, that five minute call if that can do wonders for you. Hundred percent. Why not get someone on board? to get that five minute call for myself and to get going from there on. Uh, that is something that if we get uh, uh, investors from outside, it will be always strategic and not just for the money. Always, always, always take strategic investors who have done it before, who have scaled before, maybe in a slightly different industry, but they've done it rather than a VC who is just saying, oh, here is money. I will see after three years, show me growth and right? Because the way they would do it is they will invest in 20 companies. They are hoping one or two will pay out, others will shut down. For them, you are a number. right? So don't go with investors where you are a number. Go with investors who are more likely to spend a little more time with you, who are a little more accessible. Yes, they may not give you two hours a week or something that way, but they are enough in, uh, invested. Absolutely. Because see, every so today I have eight different mentors for different parts of my life. One of my mentors is actually younger than me. My social media mentor is actually younger than me, right? Uh, but there are some mentors who I will spend an hour a month. There are some mentors I will spend, I'm not kidding you, five minutes in a year. But their guidance 
or they're just making me think. By the way, they don't tell me what to do. The best mentors will not tell you ki you have to do it this way. They'll ask you a question. Like the whole Socrates method, right? Like why not this? What, what would stop you? Like what would happen if this happens? And then they make you see the, oh yeah, like oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Rather than saying do this and this will make sense, right? So those are for the best mentors ever. But having those people in your life is game changing. And it is one of the most... Un People is the biggest challenge, right? 100%. You will find when you look. So, uh, Kunal Shah has this very, uh, Kunal Shah from Cred. So, he has a, a very, uh, very interesting topic that he talks about. He says that if you want to be successful, you have to learn to connect dots across fields, across, uh, you know, uh, domains. But he's like, before you can connect dots, you have to collect dots. And how do you collect dots? You collect dots by talking to people from different, different fields on a regular basis where you can understand what does it look like over here okay this marketing tactic in a completely different industry got this outcome how can i apply it to mine or how can i if i do something in this other thing how can i so it's those connecting those dots in your mind you have to first collect dots so one new practice that i have is anyone i meet new in a cab in a maybe not a cab flight in a restaurant i'm in a coffee shop i'm sitting alone somebody else is sitting alone earlier i would not even look at another person I will now start a conversation. Lift, elevator, 30 seconds. I have now made this a mandate. If I get into an elevator, and I get into an elevator often because I work next next building, right? So I keep going back and forth. Uh, could be a three-year-old child or a 98-year-old uncle. I will talk to them. Nice. Very awkward yeah. at yeah. first. Like, what do you talk to like a 98-year-old uncle or a 85-year-old auntie who's come from a walk? Yeah. What do you talk to them? But that art of talking, one, but two, you get to know about so many interesting things. There's this uh, person who comes to my gym. He's 80 plus. He, so there are three sections in our gym. The lighter weights, zero to, uh, 1 to 10, 10 to 25, and then 25 to 30. He doesn't touch any weights on this side. He's always on this side. And he's like 80, 85 years old. Wow. Then when I spoke to him, yeah. he's a cancer survivor. Twice. And he's like, after that, my entire life has changed. I now do this. I, he works out. And when he works out, people will come and like watch him like, what is he doing? The other day, he was benching, what, 120, 130. And I was like, wow, I don't, I don't think I can bench 120, 130. Right? So the point is, but again, I got to know him. I got to know his life. It's so much, it's so rich. You learn so much from people, right? So getting into that habit is extremely important. So we touched upon topic of mentorship. Do you have mentors in your life? How and if yes, how have they helped you? What I've learned is more on 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 looking or or rather observing. Uh, mentorship can be also. Uh, I believe not necessarily that they know you're your mentor or something like that. Right? Yes. Like um, my dad. By the end of it, um, I look at him on his work ethics, and I kind of get mentored automatically. Right. He does not train me or he does not teach me or he, he never told me like, okay, this is how you should do it. This is what it is. I just observed him. I observed him for the last 32 years on how dedicatedly he goes, be it uh, uh, a public holiday or a bank holiday. He's up at 8 a.m. in the morning. His body clock is up at 8 a.m. in the morning. He's out of the house by 10 a.m. He's back into the house by 9 p.m., 8.30 to 9 p.m. So every day, that mundane task to go from home, that's in Mahim, to Kalba Devi to his office, Monday to Saturday, all day of the week, be it rain, be it hot, be it whatever, catching the bus, catching the train, or now, now is I tell him like, okay, go by car, and like, you can go by car. Um, 
that's what's taught me on my own. Well, I kind of observed. Uh, other thing is where I've also observed that people um, um, who don't do anything as well. I'm like, I don't want to be reverse mentor. <laughs> like, I don't want to be that. I don't want. I want to be this. I don't want to be that. So, talking to in terms of mentorship, mentorship. Okay, I don't think I have spoken to someone in person to be a mentor for me personally. But then observation is more of, of my mentor than anything else. Uh, this has helped me a lot. But obviously, yes, uh, as I said, right, um, I would need to change the game. Uh, as you said, when you're getting into the lift while talking, basically what you're doing is getting out of your comfort zone. I need to get out of my comfort zone to find the dots, to connect the dots. Uh, that is something that obviously I will take away from here and, and, and kind of put into it. Uh, you learn something new every day, right? Absolutely. So, something that I've seen is every person you meet, you will learn two things. You will learn something good, something new, something different that they are doing and you're like, oh, that's kind of nice, you know, I should maybe absorb this from them. Two, you may also notice something that they're doing that is not 100% as per what you think. And you can be like, okay, I would want this other, this good quality, I would want to absorb out this person did this. Maybe I'll try and avoid that because, oh, maybe if I do that, I don't know if I got irritated when this person did this, maybe I'm, I realize I also do it. Okay, maybe I should stop doing that, right? So I think every person will have pros, will have cons. Uh, absorb pros as much as you can. And whenever you see a con, try and, you know, see whether, hey, is the same con in me? Because most of the time it will be. We're all humans. We have that way pretty similar predictable behaviors. So when you know that if this irritates me, if I do it, it's going to irritate other people as well, right? So, so um, the third thing as being a mentor is, again, failure, right? Uh, you learn from your own mistakes. Uh, that is something which had taught me over the past four, four and a half years, um, where, as I said, speaking to clients, understanding what they want, understanding uh, uh, what are the goals that they're looking to achieve and how can I help them. Um, first, I thought, okay, I will impart my own knowledge. But then through time, where I understood that I have to adapt to their lifestyle to make them kind of achieve what they would want by building uh, a product which is kind of usable for most. I don't need to please everyone. What I used to do is before 10 client hai, 2 client unkhush hai, I have please karna hai. With time I realized, nahi bhai, ko, let go of the two. It's okay. Uh, your eight is going to run your business, not the, not the two. What happened was to please those two, I used to displease the other eight. And that used to kind of get hit hit my business do other things as well i'm like no 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 i'm like okay this is again with time i understood uh, uh reading even a few self-help books uh mentorship books uh, uh entrepreneurial books basically like zero to one or or uh, even in that he mentions that you know you gotta let go of the people who who put you down uh you gotta change the the kind of circle as well uh, talk to more people who are into the same space or into even being an entrepreneur by the end of it. Uh, the journey of an entrepreneur, be it different industries, is going to be one, one as a base, uh, is going to be the same for everyone. You're going to have similar problems, you're going to see similar opportunities, obviously in different industries. 100%. So that has again helped us. Uh, uh, the biggest thing that 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 has helped me is, is failure by, as I said, right? Like letting go of people. That again with time, I have understood and that has helped me, got to me where I, I used to, as I started with three people to servicing 300 plus people. Uh, 
uh, on a daily basis. Um, that has helped me a lot. And still I get clients who will be like, out of 10, there'll be like eight people like, okay, super happy. Uh, love the food, love it. Two people will be like, nahi achha nahi. I'm like, okay, nahi laga na. Now I don't feel bad. I cannot please everyone. I'm like, you have your taste palette, which, okay, my my taste palette doesn't suit yours. And I'm like, okay, okay, done. So, there are certain foods that even I don't like, but other people like. So I'm like, okay, okay, it's, it's fine. I cannot please all. And okay, we, we do learn that, okay, if I get a... Uh, um, Probably if I get a complaint uh, or, or uh, saying that, okay, this meal was not that palatable by four or five people on the same day. I'm like, okay, ticket. Now it's an issue. So then remove it out. If that one person keeps on constantly complaining, complaining. I'm like, so sometimes it's that that person is. <laughs> so a, a, a very important lesson in business is also knowing when you should fire a customer, right? So at Equinox, almost every month, we fire one or two customers. And it could be because of unethical behavior. Like we get customers saying, oh, you know, your report, we did testing with you and the report has failed, which is useless to me. How will I show it to my client? I'm like, you've come to us to find out whether your product is good or not. It is not good. We are not going to change your report. They're like, no, we'll not pay you. Keep the money. Thank you. Goodbye. You're blacklisted. Don't come back to us. Right? So it's very simple. 100% no. Right? Because see, today, once you start down the slippery slope, it's very, very difficult to come out of it. And two, that becomes your reputation, right? If one customer, we change reports for one customer. Another one last, another one last, another one But today, because we said no to that one in 100, the 99 still know your KS. This is a company that will not do anything. And that's the reputation that they have. But because when you grow, reputation is going to precede you. Like, for example, if you go to the next city, let's say Bangalore. People should already know who you are and what to expect. And there should be a bunch of excited people. No, oh, activity is coming to Bangalore. There are some pre-signups ready. So you can maybe pre-launch. Hey guys, we are launching Bangalore two months from now. Here's a pre-launch offer, whatever it is, right? So even before your kitchen starts, you already have 10, 20, whatever customers to break even. So on day one, you're still, you're broken even on day one, right? But that's what reputation does. And that reputation comes when you have to uphold quality at no matter Agreed. the cost. 100%. Agree to your 100%. Because hey, uh, once you build that reputation, right, people now can search anyone online, anything. You put in Ashwin Badri, uh, thousands report will come about you. And the first 10, if I am seeing as something positive, I know that this guy is a great guy. I know that this guy is something good. Even do it with Google reviews by the end of it, right? So uh, we rank at about 4.8. Uh, uh, on Google, but there are these one client who who's not happy. Uh, he just go put a one star. I'm like okay. I'm like okay. Take so I, I should get very irritated. Yeah. I I should should very like, why? Why? <laughs> why did you do that? A. Why are you being ungrateful? I service you the whole time. I gave everything, and that one probably last day, one mistake, and this, that, and that kind of be like all the 29 days just went down the drain. And that one day is like, I don't like it. I don't want to continue. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay, you're ungrateful. I'm ungrateful. I'm like, let's leave it. What I've learned is uh, you'll always, no matter what you do, you can be a multi-billion dollar Amazon. The billion dollar company gets it wrong. Google gets it wrong, right? Once in a while. When you get it wrong, and by the way, we are much smaller than all these other companies. We get things wrong very often. What I've always told my sales teams, what I've always told my customer care teams, uh, is when we make a mistake, 
that is a very good opportunity for you to get to closer with a client. And nobody, when the, when a new person joins the organization, when I tell them this, they are they're like, what are you talking about? Like we've got, we're going to get yelled at, oh, reports are delayed, oh, there's a mistake, a typo error. We're going to get yelled at. I'm like, yes, you may get yelled at, but if you help the customer solve the problem. So you have to solve the problem anyways. Tell the customer before, now many times, we know there's a mistake. We will, earlier this will be like, maybe the guy will not see it. So, and nine or 10 times, nobody saw it. But I'm like, no. If you find a mistake, call the client, tell them, sir, we, we, we are in QC later on, we found that there was an error. We're recalling that report, we're sending you a new one. Or, hey, there's a delay that's going to happen. It's not going to be today, your report's going to come tomorrow. Once we became proactive, customers today are way closer to us because we made mistakes, because we fixed it, they're way closer. So today morning, uh, I, I got a message from a customer I haven't spoken to in about six years, a US-based client. And uh, I had put something on LinkedIn for that, oh, a Hyderabad lab got accreditation, something, something. And he wrote back saying, you know what, so good to see you succeeding. And I always knew you had a very intelligent team. And But the last time when I don't took a service with you, something, something went wrong. And uh, But he's like, even though we are not your client now, because that company kind of shut down afterwards, uh, you guys always were honest. You always told me the truth, even if it made you guys look bad. And he's like, that's something I'm always appreciative about. And he's like, I look for this in other people and we don't see it very often. So having that transparency, like if you want to ever build community, community is about trust. And I think trust is about transparency. So the more transparent you are, even when you screw up, people will forgive you if you've told them you screwed up rather than they finding out you screwed up. Right? So and even if, you, if they're in, they do find out, whatever. Do whatever you can to fix it. And if you do that, you will not lose clients. You won the client 100 times over than anything else, right? Um, I do have clients, as I said, right? So I can now make mistakes with them 100 more times, which will never be, you know, kind of, uh, uh, okay, it won't go unnoticed, but they never hold me responsible for it because they know that even if I'm doing a mistake, I'll pre-tell them. I'm like, you know, there are there are times where I know that, okay, deliveries might be delayed, the guy didn't show up, he's sick or his bike has broken down. I personally be like, okay, these are the 10 clients that are going to be, I make sure that, please call them up, please tell them this is the situation. And then they're like, okay, TK, understandable, because it's happening not regularly. Once a month. Yeah, yeah. And then they understand. People now understand. They are more empathetic. They are more uh, 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 understanding as well. If they are told in a particular way, you just can't send like, hi, delivery delayed today. Okay, bye. They'll be like, what? Why? For what? They'll keep asking more questions. So you'd rather be like, okay, it's going to take you five minutes more to just call everyone up and just tell them this is the situation and this is going to be it. If you want, you can make alternate arrangements as well. So, hey, if you want to leave early, you can go ahead and I'll get the meal directly diverted somewhere else. So this is the kind of uh, um, SOP that has been set for the delivery manager to make sure that these are things happening. And this is why, as I said, right, we've, we've grown word of mouth more than what we put into marketing, at least in the initial phases. Now, obviously, now when you go from 1 to 10 and 10 to 100, and as you scale across geographies, making sure that this level of service is maintained is very difficult. This is where tech will come in. And tech will help you to make sure, okay, delays what, did the call go out, did the automated message go out, did the phone call go out as well. Like, I'll give you a good example. Last night, I ordered something from Zepto. 
guy called me up saying the option that you want has gone bad can i send you another option or i'll refund the money or send you another option i said send me another option another option got delivered i noticed the other option also was on the verge of getting bad it was a one day from expiry so i put it on the chat saying hey guys it's about one day from expiry and it's a product that is not going to get consumed today 30 seconds later they like here's your refund sorry we missed we didn't check it here's your refund but then you're one you won they am i not one? going to not go to some zepto again of course i'm going to go there again yeah, because of the level of service that we got right okay so uh, i'll ask you one last question before we close up what advice would you want to give somebody who wants to enter the food business okay there's only one thing you got to you got to risk it for the biscuit <laughs> i've not heard that one before risk it for the biscuit <laughs> in any business forget the food industry or whatever it is right um it's highly competitive right now highly highly competitive and if you think that you're going to rely on other people to get your business it's not going to happen you got to get up you got to lift your ass you got to get moving get your hands dirty and only if you're ready for that enter i'm not saying don't enter there is a market is huge for even 100 more people to join in and still be profitable and still be growing because the market is growing daily is growing uh but what you need to do is just if you are committed if you are uh as i said willing to take that risk then enter otherwise if you think that okay you're going to set up a shop online we have noticed so many uh known people entering into the industry saying that swiggy is a matter humko sales dega they've lost lakhs they literally lost lakhs shut down in like within a year's time like kuch nahi hota hai industry fuck all hai bad hai ye ho hai i'm like nahi bhai tumne kya kiya tumne kya kiya and why you dependent on someone else be dependent on yourself the the best thing that i did was never in the first as i said from the 0 to 1 phase never got into a uh, uh, agreement with a third party to give me sales i did it myself we are now on swiggy and zomato after four and a half years of being into business and not for the first four and a half years so now also that is more of a strategic uh, uh point of view where we get more eyeballs and we can now afford to lose some money over there uh to make sure that okay it will later on build itself over a period of time uh that's how uh, we've kind of looked at so do it yourself if you are ready to get your hands dirty if you are ready to risk it for the biscuit <laughs> only then enter otherwise uh, any industry will eat you up any any literally any. fantastic fantastic uh pranay thank you so much for taking out your time and you know sharing uh, your background some of the challenges that you faced uh, there are i think three big takeaways for me i think the first one is you can't uh, out work you uh, know outwork a bad diet i think uh, the second one is you have to risk it to biscuit <laughs> and i think the uh, the third one is uh, the grit that you've shown right uh, leaving a well established business uh, then joining another startup which was also doing well and leaving all of that to again start something new from scratch and then you know focusing on it uh, i think takes a lot of uh, guts it takes uh, a lot of energy and a lot of people are not able to do that so i really admire that thank you so much yes. thank you so much ashwin Uh, so guys i hope uh, you were able to learn something from his experience uh, and i always say this when you if you've taken out the time and you've watched all the way till here please write down at least one thing that you learned from him 
and that you're going to apply in your own life, in your own business, in your situation, which will help you break more ceilings. See you in the next one.